Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Good morning. What a beautiful day. Hey, we got... uh... Kirk Dieter in studio with us this morning. Kirk, turn your mic on and say hi. There, he's got it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Easing into this. So. Oh, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's easy. I, I'll tell you what. I told you walking in, these are the kind of days when I'm walking in the studio, I go, I got to do a radio show. I could be on the water. I know. I know. It, it's been such a brutal, brutal winter. I mean, it just won't go away. We've had a few nice days. We're going to talk about a lot that's going on. In fact, folks, we got a lot to cover. We're going to take you up to State Forest State Park today. Um, we're going to talk about some of the fishing around the state, both fly fishing and uh, conventional. Uh, we just got a loaded show, and I know everybody's dying to get out. You have a special guest coming on for the second hour. I do. My old friend, Joe Cermelli, who's the outdoor, he, he's the fishing editor for Field and Stream and Outdoor Life. So Yeah, that and the stories, again, we're just going to be unbelievable. You want to tune in for that. That's going to be at... 11.15 through the yep. second hour, yep. so we want to get that. And by the way, Kirk is a editor-at-large for Field and Stream yep. and the editor of Trout Magazine, and that makes you kind of high up in the hierarchy in Trout Unlimited, too. I am. I'm a vice president for Trout Unlimited, and that's been a homecoming for me. Um, the more we fish and the more stories we write and adventures we have, the more you realize that the conservation part and taking care of the resources is important. So. Well, when I announced you were coming in today... I brought back uh, an interview that I both did on the show and then covered in the Denver Post several months ago yep. about the affinity groups and the fact, and, and it kind of focused on Trout Unlimited. And people that listen to this show know that I am a huge supporter of the affinity groups because sportsmen, you know, first of all, provides camaraderie. It, it provides knowledge to help you participate at a better level and it, it provides uh, a group voice, but sometimes it's not a unified voice. We need to get these groups to act together. That's right. If the right hand and left hand are working together, we can lift a lot more. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what brings you in the door. If you want to learn how to tie flies, if you want to learn where to go, if you want to be focused, if you don't even fish at all but you care about clean water, there's a reason to be there. And then how we work together is what's what's important. So well, and that was the other element I wanted you to comment on. I wanted to make sure we brought in was conservation. Mm-hmm. The biggest, first of all, we need to maintain these resources. They're getting pushed and challenged by development, by industry, by politics, um, by sheer and, numbers. By yeah. the number of people who are out there, which is great. Right. But the more the more the merrier as far as the people go. But we also need to have more water that way. Well, we do, and. And the number one reason people don't participate in outdoor activities is access. Whether it's a hiker or a biker who can't find a trail to ride on, whether it's, um, heaven forbid, a golfer. I know you golf and those guys are just on, but finding a course to play. (laughs) But access to our rivers, access, whether you're fishing, hunting, wildlife watching, walking, riding an ATV, boating, you need access or you can't do it. That's right. Uh, you know, if you if you build it, they will come, and you can't build rivers, so you got to take care of the rivers, and that's what keeps people out there. Well, you absolutely do, and one of the things I want to talk about you with you today, and you and I have been kind of kibitzing back and forth on it, and that's the fact that uh, there's a lot of snow up there. Oh, m- more than I remember in recent memory, 
And I was, I, we were talking about this earlier before we came on the air, but usually people ask me if they live, you know, I live up high in the mountains and they're, they're like, oh, I don't want, what's going on with the water? And I say, the coral areas, look outside on your lawn and if it's really, really green, you can assume the waters are really, really high. And it's really, really green here and the waters are not nearly as high as they're going to be in about two or three weeks. And then it might last, depending, it all depends on how fast and how hot it gets. You know, if it's... Oh. 80 degrees, 85 degrees in thunderstorms in two weeks, Katie, bar the door. Watch. It's, it's, it could be epic. There's yeah. a lot of water up there. In fact, yeah. it, it, we're either going to get incredible runoffs that could cause flooding yeah. and high, incredibly high waters that will be just unapproachable if they don't even do damage to runoff that could last till the snowfalls next winter. Yeah, it could, it could be a, <laughs> you know? But, you know, I swore to never complain about too much water. Not around here. No. No. In fact, we got a report this morning that we were sharing, that Karen shared with us, my wife and producer, that the reports are they expect Blue Mesa to refill to 96%. Which is amazing. Because that, that was, was it amazing. was becoming a puddle. I was afraid we were going to lose that fishery. Yeah. You should almost go down and see it and take pictures of it because the whole landscape looks different when that reservoir oh. is completely full. Well, you know, there's another side to that. And I used to do this. Now we have all these mapping programs and GPS and things like that. But even still, I even still do. If there's a body of water that I fish, mostly conventional more than fly, if I fish it a lot for like bass or walleyes sure. or something, if there's a big drawdown, I will go take pictures and put GPS coordinates on them. When the reservoir comes back up, I know that little hump behind the rock exactly. that nobody else knows. Not only do I kind of see it on my map, but I have a picture of it, so I know exactly where I want to cast, where I want to place the lure. What an edge that is. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's almost cheating, but it's not. <laughs> I, I won't call you on that. A kid, kid one time I pulled up in my boat. I was going to give a talk to Boy Scouts. And, of course, I do all aspects of fishing. I love fly fishing. In fact, <clears throat> the next program we add to um, my YouTube channel will be fly fishing. I think three out of the last four have, in fact. Uh, but pulled up my boat, and I've got sonars and mapping and all the, you know, all the electronics. And the, the, one of the Boy Scouts asked me, he said, Mr., is that fair to have all that stuff to catch fish? <laughs> I said, I don't know if it's fair, but it's sure a lot more fun than not catching fish. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Whatever it takes. But within reason. But I, w I don't want to waste. I don't want to keep going. We can go on what we're talking about forever. But I do want to. Well, you talked about the rivers are going to come up. Yep. Uh, right now, um, the reports I'm getting that on the West Slope, some of them will come up. Maybe the Platts come up a little. What are you hearing right now? I'm hearing that the Arkansas is up, but not nearly at peak. Um, the Colorado is up, but not nearly at peak. So these things that we're seeing... Um, the cold has slowed. It's deterred some of the fast runoff. So we get these cold snaps and snows, and that makes it so it's stepping down on steps rather than a slide that goes. Right. But, and, and, and that's good, but it's also adding more water up high. So right. So it's lengthening on the back end where we thought runoff might end in end of June. Now it might be middle of July. Who knows? Right. Um, what we're really hoping for, though, is that it doesn't flush out too fast too soon right. it's still fishing right now it's still fishing if my rule of thumb is if you can see your boots when you're in knee-high water it's game on let's you know fish any 
any of that stuff, and is she actually really good fishing? Now? How, how do you approach her? I want to talk about what to do once it comes up, and we may have to wait till a little later in the show sure. too. But how do you like to approach it? And we talked about this a little bit, but right now, let's say you're going to the Arkansas or mm-hmm. even the Platte. Say the water's running sure. a little more. Um, you know, a lot of guys like to go out there and delicately throw a size 22 flies when the water's cold. Yeah. Fish can't see them right now. No, you have to make it a meal right now. Yeah. And you have to make it attractive. They call them attractor flies for a reason, right? right. So uh, sparkly, tinsely, you know, I use streamers a lot this time of year. Uh, oranges, yellow chartreuse, um, some of the copper colors that, that pop in this in these currents and this, these colors of the water. You know, black is a great color. Black is the best color because it, it's the most it's de- silhouette. defined silhouette. Yeah. So, you know, a, a black woolly bugger right now will get you, you know, as many fish as anything else. Why do you think fly fishermen hesitate to throw streamers more than they do? Because it's hard to do it right. You have to make it look alive. You have to make uh, a cast that the fish can see the fly, but then the the fly escapes, right? Right, yeah. You know, Bill Curtis, a guide in, in, in Florida, once told me, you know, you, uh, big fish aren't used to their food attacking them, right? So right. you don't want to float a streamer right into the mouth of a trout. You can de- drift streamers, but... You have to make it look real. You got to make it look. It's natural. alive. It's exactly. swimming. It's got motion. It's not just, you know, regular the typical nymphs when you're blowing indicator or a dry that you're trying to get that perfect drift. The river is making the presentation. That's right. But a streamer or a hopper, a big bug, when you're trying to get their attention in different conditions, you have to give it some life. You have to visualize. But it's fun when you pull it off because the eats are great, and even when they short strike it and you feel the tug on it and. Oh. You know, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It's a great time of year to do it right now. I think, you know, we I think we probably got, it's going to depend on the water. And, of course, a lot of tailwaters will be fishing fishable for a long time. Sure. But I think over all the rivers you and I talked, and you, I think you agree, we probably got a couple of weeks, a week or two, and then a lot of just the standard river basins are going to be pretty blown out. That's, then you just put on your still water game and get get honed in on that for a few weeks and then, Think about the rivers again in July because we've got a couple of weeks, and then June is either for golf or lakes. You know. Yeah, and 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 I told you I love golf. It keeps you unworthy off the water. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, let's talk a couple things. We got a couple minutes left in this segment. We'll pick this up again later on in the hour. But first of all, if you are going to fish rivers, if you think it's fishable, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be periods where is it blown out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. My first rule of thumb is I don't wear my waders. You have a different – what's your rule of thumb on waders? My, my, I wear – I have the pant waders that are just waist highs, and I wear those when the water is highest. So the higher the water, the lower my waders. And the reason being I'm not tempted to get into trouble that way. If right. I know that, you know, the water's moving so fast that at knee high it can – push me around a little bit. I don't want to be dabbling around in chest high waders uh, and then get pushed around that way. So the higher the water, the lower the waders. And I, I go, if it's totally blown out and I'm going to, I want to talk about how I approach it because you can still catch fish, mm-hmm. but you got to approach it different. I leave the waders at home because otherwise I don't have the willpower. It's like that nice glass of wine in front of me. Mm-hmm. If my doctor said, don't have a glass, and it was sitting there, yeah, I'm going to sip it's, it, and eventually it's going to be gone. One but, sip at a time. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if you wear your waders and that water is current, and you can't see the bottom. You don't right. know what you're stepping into. You can get in trouble so quick. But there's still, the fish, even when the rivers are blowing out, they may not feed as effectively or as often. They have to eat. Yeah. And there's going to be 
pockets of backwaters. There's going to be areas near the shore that may look almost muddy and unfishable, but you can find fish. Well, you know, the fish are closest to the bank most of the time anyway. Right. And one of the biggest mistakes that anglers make is that they barge out into the middle of the river and stomp on the fish to get there. So then when the high water is like this, if you keep your boots dry in the first place and just cast at those little pockets that are closest to the shore... You're probably going to catch more fish because that's where they are anyway. And what do you when you if you're fishing a river that's more than just a little high in visibility, it's a little muddy, or maybe the flows are what what kind of flies do you resort to then? And usually it's streamers, but if I was nymph fishing, I'd use larger ones with bigger silhouette, like stoneflies. Kaufman's stonefly is a favorite. Pat's rubber legs is a favorite. Um, other streamers, I like to use the Autumn Splendor, even though it's spring, but I like the yellow legs and the rust-colored body of that fly. Uh, zonkers, gotchas, all those big, gaudy, colorful flies. Oh, and, you know, some I think some fly fishermen hesitate away from that because there, is that really a fly fooling the fish? Well, and I approach fly fishing different probably because my background was conventional fishing. Sure. And I used lures and bait and different things at times. Now, I do a lot of fly fishing, and I love getting a perfect drip with a small dry that I can barely see with my old eyes and seeing the take. And there's a, it's, a, it's a different way to fish. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if you want to have success, you've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and accept that there's other tactics you may have to use. Yeah, I mean, with, with fit, trout specifically, they're going to eat in one of two reasons. They're hungry or they're mad. Right. right? And if you're in a really good angler... You're equally adept at making them angry and hungry. That's what we always talk. It's either a feeding strike or it's a reaction strike. Exactly. So if you can play both those games, you're in business. But you said the still water, though, and we're going to talk to the North Michigan area people uh, up where Agnes, uh, State uh, State Forest State Park, right after this segment. And uh, the ice is barely going out. But when it does go out up there, and especially some of those higher lakes, but even even lakes like North Michigan and things, there's going to be lots of opportunities in mountain lakes. The trout are going to be very close to shore to go up there. And, but once again, fly fishermen hesitate, don't they, for still water? They do because it's hard to have a fly land and look natural. You don't have your mistakes covered by the moving water that you find in a river. So it's definitely an upping of the game. You have to be careful with the way you cast, with the way your flies landed, with how they behave after they hit the water. That all matters more, but it's great because you you hone that in in the still water, and then you take that game to the river, and it only gets better. Well, a lot of times you don't realize you're making those mistakes because the current is covering it up until you have that one big brown that's in that backwater pocket, and your line slaps the water, and it goes deep under the cover. That's right. But in a lake, you're going to see that every time. That's right. Hey, we're going to wrap this segment up, but I want to pick this up again later in the hour. We'll talk some more about it. So we're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to one of the state parks and some fishing opportunities up there in the higher country on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer, we're going to go right to the phones, and uh, joining us from State Forest State Park is Tony Johnson. Good morning, Tony. Morning, Terry. How are you doing? We're doing great. Um, by the way, Kirk Dieter from Field and Stream and Trout Magazine is in studio with me. Hi, Tony. Yeah, morning, Kirk. We were uh, 
I, I don't know. I, I know you logged on. You heard some of that last segment. I saw you online there. We were talking before we get to your park and what's going on. We were talking about the snowpack and what's it look like up at. Well, first of all, tell people where State Forest State Park is. Then we'll tell us about the snow. So we're just outside of Walden, Colorado, in between uh, Fort Collins and Steamboat, just south of the Wyoming border. And co- uh, we get quite a bit of snow in the winter, and we had a pretty decent late spring there with snowfall. So where are you sitting right now? It's just running off. If, if you're going to find snow, you got to go up high into the, the high alpine lakes areas. But uh, the, the main part of the park itself is just melting off, just kind of getting out of mud season. Uh, streams are flowing pretty good with water, and, and ice is coming off the lakes. Is it quite a bit of snow up there to come down yet? Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, a good deal. So we're kind of wondering. We're we're all kind of on edge. Is it going to come at once or is it going to be spread out? But let's talk about the parks. Describe the park a little bit because it's set up a little different. It's not like one area that people go in through a gate. Tell people about it. So it's the biggest state park in Colorado. It's seventy about 72,000 acres. Um, everything from high alpine lakes to electric campsites to we even have a portion of the North Sand Hills. And, of course, that encompasses, like you said, lakes and rivers and streams, and you have a lot of camping. In fact, you have quite a variety of camping there, don't you? We do. Everything from, like I say, electric sites, um, basic campsites, flat pads, backcountry camping, primitive camping. It's it's a real good mixture, combination of just about every style of camping you could do in Colorado. And cabins, too, I believe. Cabins, too. Yeah, we just inherited the... Uh, Used to be the old KOA campground right off of Highway 14. Um, we've got deluxe cabins and smaller rustic cabins for rent, and those are in the process of getting opened up right now. And then there's cabins right in on North Michigan Reservoir too. Yep. Yeah, we got six cabins right off the lake on North Michigan. Three, um, three more of our bigger ones. They can fit the bigger parties, and then three real small ones, kind of like a family setting. Now, now if people want to either camp or use the cabins. You went on the new reservation system this year. Is that right? We did. We did. We went reservations only, and I highly encourage anybody who's planning on coming up to the area, just log on, make your reservations, get everything squared away before you leave. We are in an area of Colorado, very limited cell or internet service, so highly encourage everybody to get that done before they take off. No, I understand completely because you can make same day, like some parks, like we were talking to the guys from Pueblo a while ago, and you could drive into Pueblo, see a campsite, go on your phone, and reserve it right there within just a few minutes because you don't have that three-day window anymore, so you can you can make the reservation the same day. But when you get up in some of your parks with limited cell service, you don't want to get up there without a reservation and then find out you can't get any service. Exactly, exactly. So like I say, highly encouraged. Just log on. It'll show the campsites that are open. Just grab one. Uh, you can't go wrong with any of our sites, so we're, we're pretty sure you'll really like it. Before we get to the fishing, let's talk a little bit about some of the other things up there. A lot of trails throughout that area, both hiking, snowmobiling, OHV, just a lot of different use-type trails. We do, and we're in the process right now. May 15th, we'll open up to OHV in. So all of our OHV trails will be in the process of opening up. Like I say, we still got snowfall up high, so um, pretty getting close to a season transition here, which is exciting. And uh, you may be one of my favorite places in the state to wildlife watch. There's one animal in particular that's plentiful up there. I'm guessing you're not talking about the pine marten. No. We got, uh, plenty, of, 
plenty of moose running around. Um, it's it's quite a spectacular sight to see here. Well, and you know, moose are one of the most spectacular animals to watch. They're also the most dangerous animal in Colorado. And really, people, I did an article. In fact, it's on my Facebook page. If you go back. Go to my Facebook page and scroll down. You'll see a number of articles on interacting with wildlife and fishing reports. If you've never gone to my Facebook page, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. But moose, watch them from a distance. They're fun to watch, but they're nothing to mess with, are they? Nothing to mess with. No, no, not at all. And that's why, you know, there's a regulation. If you bring up your dogs, keep your dogs on a leash. Um, that's one of our biggest pet peeves because, like you say, they, they can be beautiful, but they can be a dangerous animal at the same time. Let's talk a little bit about the fishing before we run out of time here. I have done, well, I've done television shows up there right on North Michigan Reservoir, just fishing from shore. I've done ice fishing on North Michigan Reservoir, and I've done both ends of the river, of the North Michigan River or stream as it comes in and out of the reservoir. What's going on there now? Of course, you have a lot. I know Chad Lachance, a good friend, has done the high mountain lakes there. Tell me a little bit about what's going on, what's available, and when do you expect the rest to come available? North Michigan is just losing ice right now. We're probably sitting about 10 to 15 yards from shore as far as the ice line goes. Um, that is in the next couple of weeks. The fishing is going to be hot on North Michigan. I highly encourage anybody, anybody to head up there, catch anything from brown trout to cutthroat to rainbows. Um, the higher alpine lakes, probably mid to late June, though you can see ice off come on those. Uh, those, are, those are all trout lakes. Now, a lot of those high alpine lakes have some pretty spectacular, almost wild fish. North Michigan, and I think it's ranger lakes that are down lower, are heavily stocked. A lot of them get stocked going into the fall for ice fishing, but then when spring opens up, those fish are hungry and active and ready to go. And people of all ilks, whether you're conventional or a fly fisherman, are going to have great opportunities, even on the lower lakes, won't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice off is a great time up here to get out. What about the rivers? Tell us about the streams and rivers up there. What's going on now, and are they fishable, and what do you expect over the next few weeks? Streams are flowing pretty good right now. Um, the runoff's coming, like I say. I would, you could get a good catch going right now. Probably the next couple of weeks would be a lot better. All right, so that's good. And is the north, what are the main creeks and streams that people do fish up there that have public access? Michigan and Illinois are, are two of the bigger ones. And yeah, and, and there's some tributaries. What kind of fish do you normally see people catching up there? Lots of good-sized brookies. Um, it, it's a good place that. to kind of nice. learn how to fly fish. Kirk, your eyes kind of lit I up there. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, don't you love – you know what? Catching um, – getting up to a higher stream with just a small flow and maybe a real small fly rod – and catching yeah. brookies and Fuzzy watching them wreck. Yeah. yeah, and I, to me, it's the essence of fly fishing. You bet. It's just you're there, you're you're using very almost rudimentary fly gear and flies, and those fish aren't going to be huge, but they're they're more than willing and cooperative. And for sure, oh, I, definitely. Like I say, great place to to learn how to learn some good techniques and learn how to fly fish. Oh, it really is. You were going to say, Kurt? Well, I was wondering how long do you think the runoff is going to last and when the rivers will come back down to the point where people can plan to go up there and do some fishing this summer? Uh, I would say probably July. That's nice. You know, mid, early July. That's yeah. a good good problem to have, isn't it? We haven't had that recently. Yeah, yeah that's good. No, it's a good thing to see this year. Tony, we got to let you run. Anything else you want to throw in there real quick? No, just a quick happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. All right. Thank you, Tony. It's a, one of my favorite places in the whole state. People have to get up there and enjoy it.
All right. Thanks, Tony. We're going to take a timeout. We come back. Kirk and I are going to, we're probably going to follow up what he just said about those brook trout and then talk a little more about the fishing opportunities that are happening right in the next few weeks and here and right here in Colorado on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. In studio with me is Kirk Dieter from Field and Stream and Trout Magazine. He's, you've heard him in here with me before. In fact, Kirk, in a couple of weeks, you're, I'm going to be off on the water somewhere on, a, on assignment, working hard. You get the day off. And you'll be in here doing the show. With Tim Romano. That ought to my be. My old buddy from Fly Talk and the Field and Stream stuff. That ought so, to be awesome. Yeah. You want to stay tuned for that, folks. You know, we were talking with uh, Tony up at uh, North Michigan. We were supposed to, by the way, folks, we were supposed to have a segment on Pueblo today, and the guy that was going to call in really got ill. I'm going to give you a little information on what's going on down there. I'm pretty in tune with it, and then we'll ask Nate to fill us in because he just did a tournament down there when he calls in. But we were talking to Tony, and there's so many areas in the state like the Michigan and the Illinois River, right. aren't there? That people are going, the Michigan, the Illinois, even avid fly fishermen, if you right. don't go up there, are wondering, where's that? That's right. You know, there are, there, I, I've come to think of them as the Cinderella stories. Maybe the, the stepsisters get the more attention, the bigger rivers, the Colorado, the San Juan in New Mexico, and so on and so forth. The Arkansas and its upper stretches right, um, between Buena Vista and Salida and so on. But some of these places that are a little bit off the beaten path, a little bit in the road less traveled, so to speak, yeah. can be the best fisheries in all of Colorado. So, oh, and the most fun. Yeah. And it's just inner, it's just <clears throat> a good friend of ours, Steve Schweitzer, did a couple books. Oh, one yeah. on on the Indian Hills and one on the Rocky National Rocky Mountain National Park, which is Karen and I's favorite place in the state. Oh sure. And there's so many backwaters and streams there, but they're all over. They're not just in those areas. That's right. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that there are a lot of people, there are a lot of anglers in Colorado, and sometimes we get frustrated when there's high water and we all are looking for the clear water. We all end up below the dams. We worry about crowds, right? Right. But if you're willing to hike a little bit or go down that dirt road a little bit, there's so much water here to explore. You can't even begin to touch it all in a lifetime. Can I share one with you that I do that shows how lazy I am but gets me in a great spot? Sure. I get on the train from Durango to Silverton. Oh, yeah. It will drop you off. There's two trains a day in the summer. Mm -hmm. And if you get on the early one, then when they come back, you can either take the late one or the one you got. They'll pick you up in the same spot they drop you off. That's right. And it's about an eight-mile hike if you're going to walk up there. Mm -hmm. And you've got the Animus River there. And I had some of the best brook trout fishing in my life yeah, there. The Chicago Basin and that whole area there. It's incredible. Plus, you know, for wildlife viewing and seeing the elk that run through that area and the birds and so forth. It's just, I mean, the, the the San Juans are one of my favorite spots in the state anyway. Oh, yeah. And it's the highest concentration of 14ers anywhere. Right. Is right around that Durango to Silverton. Um, rail, narrow gauge railroad and, uh, boy, whew. Beautiful hey, stuff. we were supposed to talk Pueblo today. I want to talk about the Arkansas River. But before that, let me bring you a quick update on what's going on. Mm -hmm. They're expecting Pueblo to, it's got high water and they expect it to continue. They've had seasonally high water for about three, four years. And what that means is that 
uh, not only has it been incredible for the fisheries, like the walleyes and the wipers are stocking and the trout, mm -hmm. but it's been the bass. When we get this high water years, we get great bass spawns, especially largemouth. There's spots and smallmouth there, too. And we've been getting some tremendous largemouth spawns off of Pueblo. I think we'll ask Nate when he calls in. I wouldn't be surprised if that tournament they had down there last week, if the largemouth fishing wasn't off the charts. I bet it was. And would you consider that one of the most diverse fisheries in the state? Oh, it's, I, I tell you what, just personally in that river, on television, yeah. I've caught trout, walleyes, smallmouth bass, spotted bass, largemouth bass, wipers, crappies, catfish. Right. I'm, and I'm, right. uh, and I've, it's just. Uh, and how many different ways did you catch oh, them? Oh, right? yeah. I oh, caught. Oh, good for it, you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the tailwater below that, too, is an incredible fishery. We're going to run out of time in this segment. Well, we got a little bit of time. So, but Pueblo, the water's good. The fishing is turning on. It's just going to get better, folks. You need to get down there. We'll get them back on in two, three weeks, three, four weeks, probably. And we'll give you an update report and we'll talk to uh, Nate a little bit. But let's talk. But the river both above and below Pueblo. First of all, the Arkansas is one of your favorite rivers. It is. It, it, well, it's a great river. It's beautiful. And it's known for its hatches. You know, it's yeah. the home of the Mother's Day caddis hatch. And by the way, hi and thank you to all the moms out there. Yeah. And all of you anglers who want to get in there and try some, uh, you know, caddis fishing while the water's not fully peaked out yet. You know, that stretch... Browns Canyon down is really, really good. And uh, so, have you heard how, what the flows are there? Yeah, you know, I think that people are sneaking in some fishing. In fact, about a, a Tim Romano, who is going to be with me on the show here in a couple of weeks, he's down in Browns Canyon right now fishing. So he's going to get the report, but he wouldn't go if it weren't good. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A man after my own heart. That's right. That's you right. know, we do get... I was talking to one of my friends in Minnesota, and we time the bites, we time the hatches, we time the seasonal things, you know. Sure, I go out just to go out sometime places close to my home, but we do get spoiled because we've got decades of information and traveled in so many places that there's something we can— Unfortunately, next week I'm going to be in Corpus Christi. I mean, I don't know why, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, right? you got to go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, they have a lot of water there now, too. Oh, yeah. I've seen that come up. So, But that river above Pueblo is, I think there's some dam control, and some of it's almost freestone. Mm -hmm. But when they have the high water years we've had in the past, the fishing gets really good. But then you get low water years, and people struggle. It gets a little bit technical at times. But those brown trout grow. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a very honest river. You know, yeah. it's it's one that you can't go and just stumble into and bull your way through and catch a lot of fish. So it's great. And hatch matching matters on the Arkansas, and things can change so quickly there. You know, you can be on Betis, and then 15 minutes later, it's Caddis, and then 15 minutes later, it switches back again. And so it's it's fun. It, it keeps you on your toes as much as anywhere. And, and then the, the landscape changes, you know, from way up high to and, and almost it, desert. There's a lot of weightable water, Absolutely. and there's a lot of floatable water. That's right. <clears throat> I see Mark Kite is on the line, so we're going to wrap this up pretty quick because he wants to talk about a big event going on. But before we do that, I want to talk, just I got to take a minute or two and talk about the tailwater below Pueblo. You know, they did a lot of stream improvements down there in the last few years. Mm -hmm. I have caught brown trout, rainbow trout, catfish, walleyes, and smallmouth bass 
in that tailwater, depending on where I fish it, how close to the dam, and it goes through town. With the stream improvement and the new regulations, it has become a year-round very nice trout fishery. I love it in the winter, but you say it, you like to fish it year-round. I do. I think I think it's arguably the best tailwater in the state in the wintertime, and then in the shoulder season, specifically spring and fall, it's one of the top five for sure. And you're going to have controlled runoff there. Yep. That'll be a great one if the rivers start flowing and you still want to do some river fishing. Yep. And you've got easy access. Yep. And it's warmer. You know, it's lower in elevation. So yeah. it's the kind of place where when we get those bluebird days in February, you can go and fish in a sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. Instead of climbing the mountains and freezing and, you know, flicking the ice out of your guides and so forth. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's tremendous. Hey, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the folks from Sun Power Sports. They have an incredible event going on. You'll hear about it right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 the fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And speaking of Sun, joining us on the phone, Mr. Mark Kite. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Terry. You know what? I got to admit to you, Mark, that looking out the window today after weather we've had, tough day for me to be in the studio. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, no doubt about it. You'd probably uh, be out in your airplane right now if you weren't working. I would be. I'd be out doing a little flying, but uh, it's good for business, you know, definitely. And, oh, and, and it is. It's good for the soul. It's it's nice to see. Oh, it makes everybody better. feels better. You know that? Yep. You yep. know what? If uh, one of these days I'm going to con you, because there's some areas of the state I want to see some of these back rivers and stuff, I'm going to con you into flying me over them. Yep, absolutely. No problem. Anytime we can go do some flying, Terry, you know that. That'd be awesome. But right now, you're not going anywhere because you got a huge event going on. We do. we got a huge event going on. It's our annual spring open house here at, uh, you know, Sun Enterprises and Sun Harley-Davidson. And it's just, uh, just a phenomenal day. I bet you don't have any good deals, though, today. We've got some crazy deals today. It's it's it truly is our biggest sale of the year. Both import and Harley Davidson, new and used, um, and it's uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Place is already packed, and we're selling lots and lots of motorcycles and ATVs. We got a live band today, free food. It's just it's just a good time. We're having a good time down here today. Well, you know what I tell people: if you have even the mildest interest in ATVs, side by sides, um, jet skis, um, or or motorcycles. They need to come down and kick the tires at your place. They don't even have to talk to anybody. Just come look around. They'll be so impressed at what's out there today. Well, just tell the people the brands you carry, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, um, you know, we do, gosh, it's such a mouthful nowadays. Uh, we do Honda. We do Kawasaki, KTM, Polaris. We do Can-Am, Sea-Doo, Spider, Slingshot. Of course, we do Harley Davidson. We do Hammerhead go karts. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, if you know, not not a not a high pressure environment at all. You know, we're just having fun down here, and it's just a good place to come. And you ain't got nothing to do. Just come down and check it out. There's lots of cool stuff. It's a it's a big toy store. Well, with the music and the food today, what a great way to spend a sunny Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, one of the things we used to talk about in the past and we haven't talked about for a while, and that's the fact you guys are so big. I know a lot of times you go out to auctions and things and you get pricing that nobody else gets. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're really, really competitive at the auctions and stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of our sales stuff today are prices that can't be beat, um, you know, and, and, and that's how we acquire that stuff. You know, I'm really active and flying all over the country and buying motorcycles and ATVs and, and stuff at the auctions and bringing them back here and, and, and uh, you know, giving our, our customer base 
place, great deals on that stuff. So no, it works out really, really good. So what are the hours of the sale today? So today, you know, I mean, essentially we're running it all day long. You know, the band's already set up and, uh, you know, so we're, we're running today from 9 to 5 this evening and, um, you know, it's an all-day all day deal. What kind of food in case I want to stop by? Well, we got all kinds of barbecue stuff going on. You know, out there I know they're doing uh, burgers and brats and, you know, they got that whole stuff going on. Our, our uh, Thornton Hog chapters here today, so from Harley-Davidson, they're out there barbecuing for us, so I got to give those guys a plug. They do such a great job and, and uh, yeah, free food today all day, just just a good time. Yeah, I think Kirk just left. Kirk Dieter in studio with me. I think he just left to go to your place. The guy from Minnesota and the guy from Wisconsin. And when you mentioned brats, that was it. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. We're on our way. You know, speaking of the Harley guys, you're going to implement something new at your Harley store. We are. You know, we've got some really cool stuff coming out on the Harley side. You know, um, you know, uh, essentially, you know, today is absolutely a phenomenal day by Harley Davidson. You know, we're, 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 we're really, truly blowing Harley Davidson's out today, both new and used. And so that's awesome. And, and um, we're getting ready to uh, run, which I'll give the, the customer base a little more detail on it here in, in the weeks to come. But we're we're going to uh, that one-stop, one-price one deal on the Harley-Davidson side. So it's really going to be a groundbreaking deal. They don't do that in the Harley world, but we're going we're gonna to push that, and we're really excited to do it. So we'll talk more about it here coming up. We get all the details worked out, but uh, it's, it's going to be really, really good. Well, Mark, I... Uh... Uh, and during the commercial I did earlier, I told the folks to stop by and say hi to you. So, so tell them you're about six eight, about 185 pounds, and uh, blonde hair, right? Good looking supermodel guy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You can't <laughs> miss me. That's 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 exactly right. Now, sure. Mark's been a good friend. <laughs> I got I got to tell you, Kirk. Mark's been a good friend for many many years. Uh, son's been part of this program. And by the way, folks, uh, if you like what we do on this program, the information we bring you. It's people like Sun Power Sports to make it possible because they do a lot to make sure this program stays on the air. It doesn't stay on the air without these incredible sponsors. But, Kirk, i got to tell you, the one thing that's always bothered me is Mark has a better voice for radio than I do. He, he's a natural. Yeah, I hate having him on too much because it makes me look bad. I know. You're in trouble. I if, know. Once they clean up the phones and stuff like that, bring him in studio, it's going to be lights out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'd be done. So yeah. they'll have to come see you in person, Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thanks tell so him. much today, guys. I appreciate the time. You guys have a great, great weekend. looks like we're going to have some nice weather, so... Everybody get out and enjoy this nice weather. Real quick, tell them how they find you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're uh, right off of I-25 in the 84th Avenue exit in Thornton, east two blocks to Pearl Street. Just come up Pearl, about 89th and Pearl. Or you can always visit us online at www.sunent.com. All right. My friend, thank you. We will talk again soon. Enjoy. Thank you, guys. You bet. Thank you. Hope you get a great turnout. Thanks, Mark. Mark Kite from Sun Power Sports. You know, uh, I want. I got a couple minutes. I want to touch on a couple things with you. But sure. We talked, you and I, magazines, television, radio, the the blogs, the yeah. the online stuff. <laughs> right. None of that exists if we don't have great partners that are putting money in to support us. That's right. And and when you see an advertisement in one of your magazines, True. or if you hear somebody on this show, first of all, we typically get people who are very interested in the outdoor community. That's why they advertise. That's why they're partners with us. But if people enjoy the things that you and I do, you've got to, you've got to patronize those places because they're the people making it possible. They're the ones who are walking the walk, who are really, really making things possible. I mean, and at the end of the day, they make you a better angler. They make you a better hunter. They make you get out and experience the outdoors. Uh, 
they help with all of that. And it's, it's heartfelt. A lot of those people, I find, are people who enjoy the outdoors themselves. Oh, they do. And These guys at Sun have been fishing, ice fishing with me. Of course. They've, they, they've been trudged out, and, and the the trash talk between them. Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous. I mean, they're they're just totally um, competitive when we're ice fishing. <laughs> so, but, you know, what I wanted to bring up, and I was kind of leading into that, too, was that being, you know, such a— uh, Trout Unlimited being such a, a big portion of your life. You're mm-hmm. an officer. You you edit the magazine, Trout mm-hmm. Magazine. Corporate sponsorship has just been critical to the success Trout Unlimited has enjoyed, It hasn't it? Absolutely. And individual members. The beauty of uh, Trout Unlimited is that there are people who play a part in lifting that up all the way from an individual member to, you know, corporations and business partners and you know, with, it's not just the magazine anymore, as you said. It's we're in, we call it Trout Media. I'm the editor of that, which is everything we do digitally: our website, our e-newsletters, our you know all that, uh, the the videos that we shoot. And you have to have so many oars in the different waters to make that all work and to reach all the different people. Uh, young young folks like to get their news on their phones, right, and and read stories and watch video and stuff. So, and so, um, if you don't have Fuel in that tank that makes that engine go that comes from these peop- the corporations and the businesses and the individuals that support you, it goes nowhere. So that that's really where the sun rises and sets is with those folks. Well, and you and I have been around long enough that, especially me, because I'm older than you, <laughs> but um, I've seen the change. Now, I, my experience in the fishing industry, I go back to when there really wasn't an industry, in all honesty. Yeah. Back to before, you know, there were Zebco 202 rods that just come out. And, um, you know, probably, I don't, there was no such thing as a graphite fly rod or a right. fish finder. And I was able to spend my life growing up with the industry. And it, to me, it's been the treasure of my life to see it evolve to what we have today. But when I first started television, I did the first broadcast outdoor show on digital tape. I did <laughs> one of the first HD television shows that was ever filmed. I did it specifically for Mark Cuban for HDNet that he, we went up to Alaska and shot a show just for him. And Karen's been involved in digital production now for 20 some years as far as putting TV shows together. She's edited over 30 broadcast television, 300 broadcast television shows. And we used to go around with 40 pound television cameras now they shoot with things that look like a home video camera and the picture is incredible yeah, that's right and, and and then i've what you brought up i've seen having written for magazines especially early in my career i did a lot more writing written writing for newspapers doing columns for magazines doing tv and radio I've, and now social media i i thought i'd be out of this industry before social media really became a thing boy was i wrong oh boy and yeah. and you know our social media so we do terry wicks from outdoors on facebook we have our YouTube channel, and I still do some writing, and we bring that all together on this radio show. So we've developed this brand of image, but it's been the the way that has evolved has just blown me away. And you've seen the same thing. Just what has happened with Trout Magazine in the last ten years? Yeah, it's 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 you know the thing you mentioned all those things, and I, I agree with you hundred percent. But in our world of fishing or the outdoors, what what stands the test of time is credibility, right? And being out there in the river and, and having good knowledge and sharing that good knowledge, there's always a demand for that. And what package, what bucket it comes in might change 
from year to year and according to different audiences, but the credibility and the substance, and we're going to hear that from the next couple guys that we're going to be talking to yeah. here today. Um, that never goes out of style. And content never goes is still rules. Yes, you have is to have king. content. You just can't throw stuff out there. Content is king. And we, we have to go. We come back. Nate Zielinski is going to join us, and that had nothing to do with somebody who has credibility, in case he's listening. <laughs> on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.